Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Vineyard Bible Ministry Bible Study Series. I am your host, Diana Tucker. I am so excited to do this Bible study with you. What we're going to do is learn more about God through studying His Word. So let's get our Bibles out. Let's get started and ready to learn. Greetings, everyone. We will be continuing the Bible study series, Becoming the Better You. I will be reading from the book of James, starting at chapter 4. And as a reminder, I will be reading from the New King James Version. So James chapter 4, starting at verse 11. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Come now, you who says today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away? Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Greetings, everyone. So now we're going to finish the rest of chapter four. And chapter four talks about judging others and making plans without God. So we're just going to go through each verse, okay, in in sections. So in verses 11 to 12 is telling us not to judge others. Verse 12 says that, who are you? Is, is asking this question. Who are you to judge another and to speak poorly of them? Yes, who are you? Well, I am Diana Tucker. I'm a sinner that was given grace by God and was redeemed by Christ. However, I still think I'm a good judge of people, a good judge of character. And at times I convince myself that I am trying to help someone by trying to understand them, by talking about them with somebody else to get a better understanding of their character, of who they are and the things they went through. Well, I just pretty much describe gossiping. So in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 1 to 3, it says in the New Living Translation, so get rid of all evil behavior be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. So listeners and to myself, we are not to speak evil or judge 
anyone. And I know that sometimes we get so caught up in the conversations. We want to hear what that person said or what that person did. And one of the things that kind of helps me to filter all of this out is I always ask, you know, like, am I going to benefit from this information? Am I going to grow from this information? And uh, do I need to know? And once those three questions are pretty much answered and they're basically like, no, I choose not to really listen to it. So in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 in the Amplified Bible says, Do not judge and criticize and condemn others unfairly with an attitude of self-righteous superiority as though assuming the office of a judge so that you will not be judged unfairly. So we got to be real careful of judging people. Um, That is not our place. We know that is God's place. That is God's position because he has the final say. He is the judge. But Jesus kind of instructed us of how to respond if we feel offended by someone or if we feel like someone has mistreated us poorly. So in Matthew's chapter 18 verses 15 to 17 in the New Living Translation, it says um, on how to handle a situation like that, of how you could uh, approach someone, especially if you already know that the situation may, some slander may be creeping up in the situation where somebody may have some falsehood about someone. So what you do is, like I said in Matthew chapter 18, uh, verses 15 to 17, it says, if, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the, if the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. So why would they say pagan or corrupt tax collector? Well, back then in the New Testament, the tax collector held a very low esteem position because some of them were, again, it says corrupt tax collector. They were corrupt and they were asked they were asked for excessive amount of money when it comes to paying the taxes so they could get a profit so they placed them pretty much in the same category as a harlot and you could find that in uh, matthew chapter 21 verse 32 matthew chapter 21 verse 32 so they were not well liked Again, because of their conduct. So God wants us to be mindful of what we say to each other and to forgive one another. So in Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 to 13 in the New King James Version says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint 
against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So as children of God, we really need to stop judging and speaking evil or ill will of another person. We need to start encouraging and speaking love to one another. Um, one of the things I, I'm starting to notice too is that uh, there has been uh, the membership in churches is not when I was growing up, you know, we all know like the families, you know, be, you know, one generation and second generation, third generation and one family goes to the same church. But as you can see that the membership of the churches is not as high as it used to be. And um, and some people have gotten hurt from churches, from the church judging. Um, and even if you do got to go to the person and encourage them or to correct them, you got to do it with love and always encourage people, you know, especially in the churches. If you do got to go to someone and correct them, pray first and be led by God of what to say to someone, because not only are you trying to help them correct themselves spiritually, you're also trying to correct yourself spiritually, your behavior, your conduct in Christ spiritually. So always be led by God. So in Job chapter six, verse 24, in the New Living Translation, it says, teach me and I will keep quiet. Show me what I have done wrong. So we want God to teach us. So I'm going to read it again. Teach me and I will keep quiet. Show me what I have done wrong. So you want God to teach you. You want God to show you what you have done wrong so you be able to learn from it so one of the things that i do encourage you is um always pray first if you got to talk to someone about any mistreatment or wrongdoing that somebody had done towards you and also again just like how you want people to forgive you you gotta learn to forgive as well so always listen and wait for that moment to where you do got to talk to that person because your goal is in the end you want that person to be receptive to the message and also you got to be receptive in return because if you want that person to listen to what you have to say you got to expect for that person to want you to listen to what they have to say so remember communication is not just about the the sender, the message, and the listener. There's always going to be that constant feedback. So you got to be prepared for that feedback. So going on into verses uh, 13 to 16, it talks about making plans without God. So we should already know that our life is God's plan, you know, from the beginning to the end. So the so if we look at the Bible in general. The Bible is God's plan. So how could we not know that our life is not planned out by God? Our life is literally planned out by God. The only difference is, is that God allows us to make decisions. You know, he, he plays people in our life, you know, like what we need to do, which direction we need to go. He placed them in our lives for a reason and for a season. 
it is up to us what we're going to do, the decisions that we make. So these are questions that I know everybody have heard, you know, growing up. What are you going to do in your life one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? And you could plan like, um, you know, especially if you're young and you're in your 20s, you want to plan to get a nice paying job, get a house or buy a condo or, you know, start planning to have a family. And if you're like in my age group, you want to start retiring. I mean, you have all these plans. But the one question we never ask ourselves is, is God in it? Is God in all these plans that we make? So my mom, when she was retiring from nursing, one of her plan was to travel to the islands. Remember, I said islands with an S. She only made it to one. Okay? Because during that time, as you know, she is still retired, she had to get both her knees replaced. So she wasn't able to travel as much as she wanted to. So I'm not saying that God stopped her from traveling to the other other islands. I don't know what God plans was for my mom. But I do know that um, if God is not in your plans, what you think you're going to do, you may not be able to do it. So for an example, you have plans to further your education. You plan on going to college. You plan on, I mean, you have a laid out you know, in this time frame, I'm going to accomplish this. What if God says, I don't want you to go to school right now. Maybe there's something else I want you to do. But you're still going to school, but you might not be able to go to school like at that moment. We got to always pray and ask God, you know, what would you want me to do, God? What can I do for you? So, We always got to ask God, God, what is your plan? So we know this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know we heard it a lot. And um, I even have it as, you know, the verse in a picture frame. So it says, Jeremiah 29, 11 in the New King James Version says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thought of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and hope. So that's what God has plan for us he wants us to have uh, a hope and a future thoughts of peace and not of evil but the plan goes even deeper than that so we go to psalms 33 11 and the new living translation it says but the lord's plans stands firm forever his intentions can never be shaken so no matter how much you plan If it is not within God's will, if it's not what God wants you to do, it can never be shaken. It gets even deeper than that. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, New Living Translation. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So God knew you before he even formed you in the womb, what you was going to do. He already know the plans he has for you. So I could go back even further than that. There's one more God has planned out what's going to happen throughout the history 
of man and Satan. And we could go back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the Amplified Bible. It says, And I will put enmity, open hostility, between you and the woman, and between your seed offsprings and her seed. He shall fatally bruise your head, and you shall only bruise his heel. So that's like from the beginning, like of creation of what's going to happen throughout history. So God knows one thing. His will is going to be done on earth as it is in heaven is going to be done. So we need to pray and, and we need to ask God, what do you want me to do? What can I do to please you so when we submit to that we are doing something that is right in God's eye we're pleasing him and that's when we go into verse 17 in chapter 4 so we're going to learn about sins of omission so verse 17 talks about a warning against sins of omission what is sins of omission is things that you should do, but you don't do it. And on the other hand, there is sins of commission. Things that you should not do, but you do it anyway. So when you're making plans and God is nowhere involved in your plans, it's pretty much kind of like sins of commission. You know you should have gods in your plan, but you don't want to do it. So we got to be real careful with that. So we should not be making plans without God, but we do it anyway. So what we need to be doing is making plans with God in it. So let's talk about the sins of commission. So sins of commission is basically is that we're trying to do the right thing. You need to do the right thing, but we don't want to do the right thing. We do the total opposite. So what are the examples? Like I know for an example, when we see somebody steal something, we don't say nothing. That's an that's a very good example. Um, we have people come in to work under the influence of drug and alcohol, and we know they're under influence, especially in the medical field. We know they're under influence, but we don't say nothing because we don't want them to lose their job because they got children to take care of. But we're not even thinking about the patients. We're not thinking about the people they take care of. But we know that if we do that, we're doing the right thing, but we just don't want to do it. So those are examples of things that we should do, but we choose not to. So as it says here is that um, we got to be real careful with that because there's that saying, no harm, no foul, but there is harm. You're hurting yourself spiritually. You're, you're hurting your spiritual relationship with God. But is it worth it? Is it really worth it? So what does the Bible says about pleasing man and not God? So let's go to Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, New Living Translation. It says, obviously, I am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So we need to please God by allowing him to guide us in our lives and how we treat other people, one another. So this is a promise from God when our life pleases him. 
when we're doing everything that God is telling us to do. We're not saying we're going to do it and then we don't do it. We're not knowing that we're supposed to be doing it and we're not doing it. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 16 verse 7 in the New King James Version. It says, when a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. God will give us peace even with our enemies. God will give us perfect peace if our mind is stayed on him. So please be mindful of what you say to others. Stop judging. Allow God to be part of your plans. And overall, if you say you are a Christian, if you say you are a child of God, and you know the condition of this world, you know the condition of this world, what is going on right now, and you say you are a believer, and you know in your heart some of the stuff that is going on in the world is not right. You got to do the right thing in the Lord if you say you love God. So, as always, I encourage you to reread the chapter for yourself. So that you can get an understanding of what God is trying to tell you. Take care. Hello and thank you for listening to Vineyard Bible Ministry Podcast. I pray that you was blessed with the message. And if you enjoyed what you have heard and would like updates of new episodes, please subscribe and share with others. You can also leave me a message on the link that is posted on the podcast page. And you can follow me on Twitter at VB Ministry, at VB Ministry. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and may God bless you in every aspect of your life. Take care.